0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, December 20th, 2022, and we are talking about the aftermath of Week 15 and moving forward to Week 16. Storylines for the Miami Dolphins coming out of their Week 15 contest against the Buffalo Bills. You are locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com. Or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a one hundred percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code "Locked" on all caps in the game store. And I am addicted. <laughs> it's it's really fun. Ultimate football GM. Uh, I'm Kyle Krabs, host of Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, uh, co-founder of the DraftNetwork.com, and um, coming out of Week 15, obviously the Dolphins' offense played. Much more like the Dolphins' offense we've come to expect this season uh, with a 29-point performance in Frigid Buffalo. But there is no such thing as consolation prizes. The Dolphins sit at 8-6. and They're currently the AFC's seventh team in the seven-team playoff standings. But I think the first thing I want to start with here is an interesting quirk based on the other results of games uh, from Sunday. And week 15, Uh, the Jets lost to the Lions in the final two minutes. The Patriots lost to the Raiders on the last play of the game with perhaps the dumbest football play you'll ever see. The Chargers won. So the Chargers moved in front of the Dolphins in the standings. But here's the interesting quirk. The Dolphins left week 15 after losing with a higher playoff probability than they came into the week with because of the other results across the league. The dolphins entered week 15 with a 70% playoff probability. The loss in a vacuum on Saturday night dropped them to about 65%, but then the jets lost and then the Patriots lost. And those two things added up to Miami now sits at a 71% chance to make the playoffs with a one game worse record and one game less left to play. The dolphins really just need to focus right now on finishing. Well, they need to focus on beating the green Bay Packers, but if the dolphins finish second in the AFC East, they'll make the playoffs because your other playoff contenders, your, your fringe eight loss teams that would need to run the table and get hot. Miami has head to heads against Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And the Raiders play San Francisco and Kansas City for the last two weeks. So just read between the lines. Um, So you have Los Angeles and Kansas City in the west. You have Baltimore and Cincinnati in the north. You suddenly have a divisional race with the Titans and the Jaguars, but the Jaguars are six and eight. They'd have to run the table. They play the Jets, by the way. So we're big Jaguars fans on Thursday night this week. Um, And then they play the Titans, and the Titans at seven and seven. So the winner of the South is guaranteed to have eight losses no matter what, which means the follow-up team would also have eight losses, which, again, takes Miami to, well, how many wins can you get? Because that's how you slam the door shut. Magic numbers, two wins. The Dolphins, a game in front of the Patriots, a game and a half in front of the Patriots, excuse me, and a half a game in front of the Jets with a game against each head-to-head left still to play. Playoff clinching scenarios. This thing gets pretty direct for Miami. If the Dolphins beat the Packers and the Jaguars beat the Jets and the Bengals beat the Patriots, nothing here is crazy. At 71% for Miami goes to 91%. And then if Miami goes into week 17 in in Foxborough and they beat the Patriots, they clinch a playoff spot. That's how many dominoes away you are right now. Beat the Packers, beat the Patriots, Bengals beat the Patriots, Jaguars beat beat the Jets. The Dolphins will clinch in week 17. So for all of the... And then from there it gets into playoff seating and how high can you get and what do the teams slip up? Do the Ravens slip down the stretch? Do the Chargers slip down the stretch? How do the divisional opponents sort themselves out amongst themselves because the the Bills and the uh Bengals still play one another? The Chargers have the inside track to the five right now, and that's a bummer. Um, because the the five C, I mean, they play Indianapolis, LA Rams, and Denver Broncos, and they're eight and six. And they have a head-to-head against Miami. So if both teams were on the table, the Chargers will, of course, finish higher in the standings. Um, but that's kind of your post-chaos of week 15 snapshot of of where the Dolphins are standing. And um really, it just comes down to, to execution at this point in time, but but you are four steps away on the chessboard from the Dolphins having clinched a playoff berth uh, before even going into the home game against the Jets. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, But I did think that was particularly interesting and a really interesting quirk that uh, Miami lost the game and yet left the week with better playoff probability odds, because the two teams that are on the outside looking in are also the two other AFC East teams that they have head to heads with. And um, the Dolphins got to watch on Sunday from afar the Jets with Zach Wilson in a defensive struggle only to give up a fourth down conversion that was like 60 yards for a touchdown in the final two minutes and then have the Raiders blow a a 14-point second-half lead just for the Patriots to implode and give up 13 points in the final two minutes of the contest, including uh, a walk-off win that was way worse than anything that you saw from the Miami miracle. The Patriots fans thought Miami miracle was bad. That loss against the Raiders was worse from not from a Dolphins fans perspective, but from a, a Patriots perspective, uh, our new partner today's sponsor, of the show, the mobile game, ultimate football GM. If you ever dreamed of becoming a GM managing your football franchise while well, your dream can come true And this game is definitely for you. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the salary cap, and the draft with all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want, when you want to. Um, I downloaded it last week. And I may or may not be like 20 seasons in because like I was that guy with Madden. Like, yeah, playing online was fun. But really, I want to do the franchise mode and I want to pick players. This is the same experience on your phone. And quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned, it's very well done. It it captures the challenges of, of managing a team and roster building. So check it out. Locked on Dolphins listeners get a 100% free bo- boost to their franchise using promo code locked on in the game store. That's locked on, all caps in the game store. Uh, download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores, ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate football GMs start your franchise today. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. Book an SUV or minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for some errands, or even test drive an electric vehicle you've had your eyes on. Every trip is backed by liability insurance terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. So the next thing that I want to hit on is, is tied to a quote that we got from Mike McDaniel uh, on the Monday press conference availability. Uh, Talking about the experience of the last three games, talking about the experience in playing in playoff atmospheres, and there's something in here, and I have a couple quotes that I want to get through today, but this one really grabbed my attention for what was said without actually being the thing that was said. Players have gotten reps at what I was at what I was concerned about that I really knew that we needed, which was football and playoff atmospheres. There's a lot of young guys that it's different when you have, I mean that crowd in Buffalo was awesome. It was rocking, it felt legitimate. That's the type of environment that you get when you build upon a season and there's a lot on the line, I think specifically at the end of the season, you look less big picture because, in terms of the only way that you can really do the things that you want to accomplish, you have to give full intent to the next opponent. So I want to see them, I want them to see one team and one team only, the Green Bay Packers. What I do know is that game matters more than any other game. I think you're down the stretch. It's almost like you do the reverse. You could talk big picture and talk about goals when things are far away. When stuff gets closer, it's almost like you're challenging yourself to be more locked into the moment than other teams, players, individuals, because a lot of games are more lost that way. I appreciate this insight. It, it kind of is a reminder that everything that I just did for the first segment of the show is not what the Dolphins themselves should be doing. <laughs> but um, the reminder that this is a young, this is still a young team. You know, the Dolphins have been in the weeds with this rebuild since 2019. Really, 2020 was when they started to turn the corner. There's obviously a head coaching change. But I think that's perspective that that's pretty easily lost because we as Dolphins fans have watched winning seasons the last two years in which the team did not punch a ticket to the playoffs. And it's very easy to become disenfranchised very quickly in that regard because, you know, the Dolphins had missed opportunities in both of those seasons. You're looking at this season and saying, well, the bills game was a missed opportunity. The Vikings game was a missed opportunity. The uh, Bengals game was a missed opportunity. The 49ers game was a missed opportunity. The chargers game was a missed opportunity. And all those things are true, but this kind of gets into, and this is more just like NFL theory than anything else. I don't have anything tangible for this to, to back this with definitive statements, but I'm a pretty large believer that teams have to go through some stuff before they're ready to evolve. And that's not to say that's a foolproof um tried and true 100% accurate statement because the Bengals did what the Bengals did last year. And those teams happen and spring up where there are fairy tale performances and um they capture lightning in a bottle and you're you're able to springboard that like the Bengals have you know the Bengals are are sitting at 10 and 4 now they're guaranteed to have double digit win seasons for two consecutive years now and and they're looking like a legitimate threat to be the one seed in the AFC and they play the Bills head to head still in week 17 so the bang, uh, the Bengals are our best friends down the stretch at New England home against Buffalo home against Baltimore to close the season If Miami's going to play their way into not being the seventh seed and being the sixth seed, the the Ravens might be your best bet because they play Pittsburgh and Cincinnati the final two weeks, and and they've been without Lamar Jackson the last couple weeks. Um, But you think about teams like the Kansas City Chiefs. Think about teams like the Los Angeles Rams. You think about the teams like the current iteration of the Buffalo Bills. These are all teams that through various junctures – the Chiefs with Alex Smith, the Bills are in the midst of this now, the Rams with Jared Goff, you're building, you're building, you're building, you're stacking your team, and you're close, you're close, you're close, you're close, you're close. You're close. You have a heartbreaking playoff loss. You come back the next season, you make some changes, and then you have another heartbreaking playoff loss. and then you as the Chiefs decide, you know what? We need to evolve the team. The Rams decide, you know what? We need to evolve the team. Let's go out and take a significant upgrade at the quarterback position. I'm not saying that that's what the Dolphins are destined to do, but that's what the dolphins are in the midst of right now it's just the ceiling hasn't been as high oh well, this is a dolphins team that has had two consecutive winning seasons for the last time in 20 years and couldn't punch a playoff ticket either time they've been groomed this iteration of the dolphins not oh that's so dolphins of 25 years ago or 20 years ago or 15 years ago this nucleus of the dolphins is still a very young team and a very young core with more veteran players that have been sprinkled in that have been experienced in times like these. And this core of players has been groomed for this moment to rise to the occasion. And they're either going to do it or they're not. And if they're not going to do it, then we're going to have some really, really difficult conversations throughout the course of the offseason because we're going to have to ask, okay, this is the path that they have been on. Something is clearly not working. And this is not a perfect team. This is a team that has its flaws. But can you get hot at the right time? That has always been the deal for the Dolphins. Because then you might be able to capture lightning in a bottle. So as I think about this Dolphins situation that this team is in, and hearing Coach McDaniel talk about, we we needed playoff environment experience this team hasn't been to the playoffs. This is a team that has a third-year starting quarterback, a second-year star-wide receiver, uh, a f- third-year Pro Bowl caliber offensive tackle, or offensive guard, excuse me, and Robert Hunt. This is a team that has a second-year budding star pass rusher and a fourth-year budding star defensive tackle, and... UDFA is playing two key spots in the secondary, and Varone McKinley is your third safety, and it's sometimes your second safety. And uh, Kater Kohu, who's playing inside and outside corner, and Noig Bonagadi is a third year corner. And, you know, there's a lot of players in key spots, Javon Holland's second year player, that are are still new to the game. And that's a good thing because like when we get to into this offseason, we're going to talk about, oh, salary cap, oh, draft assets, you know, draft capital, kind of limited. There's still a lot of improvement to be had in linear. All the player development's not linear, but there's still a lot of development to be had internally within the players that you have on the team because there's still so many young players that are still only just discovering what they're physically capable of. And we didn't even get into guys like Liam and Austin Jackson and who knows what the future is going to be with those guys. But like. This is a really young team. I mean, look at how many 13 top 100 draft selections in a three year stretch. And that, you know, that includes obviously the first mention, the player that I mentioned was Tua Tonga Valoa, And there's another quote that Mike McDaniel had that I think says a lot. And it kind of says directly what, what my observation was of the quote, but it's it's still more as just like this healthy reminder of where this Dolphins team is at and not punishing this Dolphins team for the sins of Dolphins team's past. Here's the quote. Uh, what I see that's so unique about Tua was that he was able to, specifically about this past performance against the Bills, and I thought Tua played well. Um... Uh, was able to, he was able to identify something that he could control in this particular game. I saw him completely correct the things that I thought were really holding him back in the previous two games. It's a really rare thing to do in sports is to have control, really just about the mental strength it takes to harbor all the pressure of how people will undress every single player, really hold you incredibly responsible, and have a narrative flip in two games after playing however many. It's a lot. And I think not too many people are built for that. I think we're seeing a young player, and this is this was the part that really jumped out at me about the quote that the head coach has to say about the quarterback of the team that just finished leading the NFL in Pro Bowl votes in favor but has not played well in two of the last three games. And then turned it on in about as adverse of an environment as you could have and ask for and largely played well. Now i have my gripes about the play calling on some of the third and shorts and decisions to pass the ball and whatnot. But that's not really connected too much to Tua. I think this is Mike McDaniel. I think we're seeing a young player that is exhibiting that game against Buffalo. He's exhibi- exhibiting some of the things that I think make him so unique and why I feel so fortunate to coach him because he has learned from the previous two games and was able in live speed to directly attack those. I think, case in point, there was a sack in the first quarter down by the 12-yard line that he in-game recognized that he hung on number one a little too long, and then because of that kind of missed two and three, which in the two previous games would have really, really affected how he played moving forward. That's really honest... Direct and helpful insight from a head coach on his qu- or on his quarterback and his quarterback's play, and I think it is a healthier reminder. I mean, this this is year three for Tua Tagovailoa, but it's also year one in this system and year one with this head coach. And we have been dealing with evolving sports psychology layers to the Dolphin season, and hopefully, this is. We've we've heard the Dolphins the last couple of weeks directly talk about things snowballing for a lot of players. And and Mike McDaniel was very clear to to emphasize that Tua Tonga Low wasn't the reason the Dolphins have lost the last three games. And so he wasn't the reason the, the reason the Dolphins lost against the Chargers and the 49ers. But there's no question he didn't play to his potential and his capability and the standard that he'd set all season. So to hear Mike McDaniel talk about, you know, there's some negative plays early in the game that could have snowballed on him, and he identified that, and he corrected that, and he slowed that down, and he adjusted, and he ended up playing well. I mean, that's really neat insight from your head coach on your quarterback. And it's a nice – like, Mike McDaniel knows better than all of us do about Tua, right? He's been working with him every single day. Mike knows who he is, what his problems are, what his limitations are. And Tua bounced back, and I thought Tua played himself a good game. If you get that version of Tua against the Packers, the Patriots, and the Jets, I promise you the offense will score enough points to win the game. And now it's, can the defense make a couple plays? We just watched the Packers last night on Monday Night Football, and they leaned heavy into the traditional run game to beat the Rams. That Rams team is bad. And as I look at Green Bay, you know, Bakhtiari didn't play at left tackle. We'll see he had his appendix removed unexpectedly and and is missing time with that. We'll see if he's able to play against the Dolphins. But even if he plays and it's Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins on the left side of the line from the center over is problematic matchups for Green Bay. If they want to win by traditionally running the ball, I think that plays into the Dolphins' strengths. And a lot of their receivers are either older and slower, like Randall Cobb, who are savvy route runners and chemistry players with Aaron Rodgers. Or they're young players that I think the Dolphins can really win some one-on-one matchups with, especially if you put a veteran player like Xavier Howard on Christian Watson. I understand Christian Watson's a dynamic, height, weight, speed athlete. But if you play the course of 60 minutes, are they going to be perfect and on the same page? You'd assume probably not. So we'll spend a lot more time this week getting into that. But before we go any further on the show today, and I want to have one quote from Teron Armstead that I want to get into as well. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize picks daily fantasy done right. Pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available in-house. PrizePix offers projections on just about any sport that you can watch, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy with safe and fast withdrawals. It is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to PrizePicks.com to sign up and play Daily Fantasy Sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. you put in 100, they're going to give you another 100. You put in 50, they're going to give you another 50. You put in 25, they're going to give you another 25. Up to $100 with promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match. So the quote from Toron Armstead we we got the reminder from Mike McDaniel the quarterback is a young player who's playing well but is not immune from growing pains especially in the new system well let's also not forget Mike McDaniel is a young head coach and play caller who's not immune from growing pains and I know we all have our gripes for the Dolphins and some situational football type stuff and game management and balance of the offense Tron Armstead was asked on Monday if there was a Any new wrinkles added to the run game that the average fan wouldn't necessarily see? Here's what Teron said. No, not really. I think we kind of found the groove, the rhythm, the standard that we are looking for in the run game. It won't always be as explosive as it was on Saturday night, but the consistency to make Mike McDaniel want to keep calling them, and then Mike keep calling them after we have a negative run or short game. Yeah. That checks out, doesn't it? Uh, you, you think about how many games have we seen this season where the runs have gone for two or less early in the game, and then they say, you know what, we're just not, not going to do it. And the Dolphins came out, and they punched the Bills in the mouth up front. And I will say that was the greatest takeaway for the Dolphins it was not the play of Tua Tungvalola or Jalen Waddell getting explosive plays or Tyreek Hill with the touchdown, the beautiful... To a touchdown pass to Tyreek. It was the fact that the Dolphins' offensive line punched the Bills in the mouth. Point blank, period. They did. And if you're going to be capable of doing that all season or the rest of the way, that's going to really set the tone and set the offense up for success. Because you think about the Bills' fronts, and Joe Marino talked about this. I talked with Joe Marino after the game, of course, the great host of Locked On Bills. He's one of my best friends in the world. Um, It's a lot more fun being friends with Joe when the aggregate score of this game was 51-50 to and the team split the season series, hoping we get a rubber match. I'd love nothing more than a rubber match, even if the Bills um, are hosting that game. And the Bills probably will host that game because right now the Dolphins have like a half a percent chance to win the playoffs because the Bills would have to lose out. And they play the Bears this weekend and then the Bengals and the Patriots. It's not likely. But he talked about how the Bills to try to attack the middle of the field throws that the Dolphins wanted to run. And by the way, the the route distribution and target um, for the Dolphins for throws outside the numbers. I'll go ahead and pull up next-gen stats. But Joe talked about how the Bills consciously made a decision to play their linebackers deeper in base alignments because they wanted to take away the middle-of-the-field throws. And what that did, created more room and runway for the Dolphins' offensive line to carry up and get onto the second level and create gouging lanes. I thought that was a fascinating talking point. Let's talk about easy throws for Tua, by the way. So against the Chargers, Tua was 10 of 28. And if you identify throws that were outside the numbers, uh, Tua did not have, looks like he had one pass attempt outside the numbers inside of 15 yards to either side of the field. So 0 for 1 against the Chargers. And it was a check down behind the line of scrimmage. Tua against the 49ers was throws outside the numbers. Inside of 15 yards. 1, one of 2, 1 of 3, 1 of 4, 1 of 5, 1 of 6, 1 of 7 with an interception. Inside of 15 yards, throws outside the numbers, just one of eight in a pick the last two weeks prior to the Bills game. Well, then the Bills game happened. And we're 0 of 2 to the left-hand side, but then we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 completions outside the numbers inside of 15 yards according to this the charts over at Next Gen stats 8 completions on throws inside of 15 yards outside the numbers and 2 20 plus yard air yard touchdown throws funny how that works right i mean and the bills consciously made the decision to take away the middle of the field you know how many completions the dolphins had from 10 to 20 yards in the middle of the field two the Bills took away where the Dolphins primarily have thrown the ball all season long, and the Dolphins, for the first time in three weeks, had the answers. It wasn't the most efficient game of Tua Tagovailoa's season, 17 of 30, but he had some really nice throws. He created some explosive plays, and he threw to other areas of the field because the Bills made the conscious decision. So the Bills said, okay— we're going to play our linebackers deeper so that we can hunt up all your crossing routes across the middle. Dolph said, okay, then we're going to pound the rock for seven and a half yards of carry. And we're going to throw 15 yards outside the numbers. Funny how that works. You attack where they are not, and you can have offensive success. So for Miami, that is a very promising development. And that has to now carry over week to week. But if it does, um, Miami will be set up for success. But hearing Teron Armstead say it's not always going to be as explosive as it was, but it needs to be consistent so that Mike wants to keep calling the runs. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I would agree. So opening script runs are going to be very important for the Dolphins to make sure they get right. Uh, so they don't get popped with a negative play and get McDaniel out of the flow of calling a balanced game. Nice reminders here this week coming out of of Week 15 that this is a young team in many ways, even though it feels like it's not as young as it's been, and that's true. The nucleus is still young. The head coach is still young. So let's hope this three-game losing streak has offered some lessons That the Dolphins in real time can do what Tua did in real time from the Chargers and 49ers game to the, the Bills game and apply that and redirect that in a healthy way to get this team back on track. Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins, your team every day fins up. I want you to keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday. Talk with you all again tomorrow.